Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. All right. Thank you, folks, for joining us today. This is Rich and Michael with Mainline uh, Executive Coaching. Um, and we've got an interesting uh, podcast to share with you today. All right. So let's get to it. This is about ruthless leaders. We've all had them. We've all experienced them. We all know what they're like. We all walked away probably a little beat up and bruised and from these kinds of people. And sometimes we don't see it. And other times we have kind of seen it, but we hope it will be different. But the main thing probably is to be aware of the, that these people are out there. And they're, they're probably out there a lot more than we might think they are. You were just giving us, sharing some statistics with us, Rich. What about these people? You know, it's interesting. I, I got to tell you, how many of us have, have watched these, these movies, the Hollywood glorification of ruthless leaders, ruthless leadership? And I'm not talking about, you know, political leaders or dictatorship. I'm talking about simple business leaders. And we see all these, these shows, but, you know, in, in they're, I mean, they're, what are they glorifying? Are they really talking about, like you said, somebody else? They're really making this movie about someone in real life. Who, yeah. who knows? Who, who knows? But here's, here's the interesting statistics. One in five, one in five of these leaders that we, we talk about being ruthless or overbearing or whatever have psychopathic tendencies. You know, and that's an interesting, uh, interesting thought. Um, you know, I was just talking to my uh, son, uh, you know, right before this podcast. He lives back east. I'm out here in, in the West. And we were talking. I told him, you know, to watch this podcast today. This is what we we're going to watch. And he actually mentioned something very similar that these ruthless leaders, some of these ruthless leaders have some of the same characteristics proven characteristics as serial killers. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I don't know how real that is. If, you have a, if you've got if there's somebody's a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, they're like in the next room plotting how they're going to kill you. Yeah. Or they're thinking about it really seriously because in their mind, you are such a threat that they, they it's either you or them. And it's always going to be them taking care of them. You know, there's there's some of the signs of these ruthless leaders are they crave validation, crave validation and want to be the center of the world, everything around them. 
um, they crave recognition from others. Um, they had they tend to be very self-centered, narcissistic. Uh, they have high levels of entitlement. You know, and how often we have we talked about entitlement as being one of those things that really is detrimental to an organization or a business, especially in se uh, senior leadership capacities. Yeah, it's blinding. It really is. I've got a client that uh, has been talking to me about her boss and what you're describing there, those traits. That's that person. That is that person. Exactly. Very entitled. Always has to be right. Started out like, oh, just a few seed, but we're so glad you're here and praising them and bringing them in. It's, it's like, you know, a spider. Let me bring you in so that I can bite you. And uh, she has very little tolerance for any kind of criticism any kind of anything that might be suggested that they can do to improve, uh, you know, what they're doing there in the culture with their clients. If it doesn't line up with what she wants, what it is that she says, she sees that person as a real threat. And if you get on her list, if you get on the wrong list with her, man, she can be nasty. She can just really just take it to them. And, uh, and that's, and that's the hard thing about it is sometimes we put ourselves in position where we create this connection with somebody that we're hoping to have a good relationship with, a working relationship, and it turns ugly. And it can be very, very stressful for those individuals. And they think they can fix it. They hope that it will get better. They hope that somehow the boss will see them for the great person, the great employee they are. And you know what? They are not. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, maybe um, they'll get visited by three spirits overnight. Maybe but bosses, they'll, they'll they'll have they'll have a new awakening in the morning. Who who knows? But let me ask you this, Michael: Is is ruthless leadership the same as being ruthless in business? You know, when you take a look at it, you must have something in mind to ask that question. Um, ruthless is this sense of relentlessness, doing whatever it is that has to be done to get the results that you want, the ends justifies the means. Right. Uh, being ruthless in business, um, it's, you know, it, you know, there are no rules. There are no rules to get what it is that you want. Uh, as a ruthless leader, there might be a slightly different focus rather than whatever it is I have to do to get you, my employees, to do what it is I want you to do. I will do that, even to the point if that means I've got to get rid of you. I have to show give you you become the example for everybody else. So the quality of ruthlessness, I don't know, but it be, seems like it'd be kind of hard to set. You know what it would be? If you are one of those people that's really in in the in group and you have to do something really, 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 really horrible to get on the outside. I'm thinking of like the Godfather, right? Right. Oh, yeah. you know, thinking of that, you know, you have to really do something horrible to get one once you're inside, family stuff. Um if it's that case, you know, you're going to protect your own. There's that sense of I'll keep protecting you and protecting you until at some point. So that that may that may for those people, they they, they may be re, re ruthless in their business, but not necessarily ruthless to everyone. Right. I, I think there is a relentless pursuit of excellence. You know, maybe a ruthless pursuit of excellence. I don't know if that's just, that's probably not the same as ruthless leadership. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about being relentless, like you said, 
um, relentless in our drive to improve ourselves, relentless in our, you know, drive to get to the next level, or relentless in our drive to make our organization successful. I think there's definitely a difference. And it's all how it's done. You know, is there a, a definite drive to make your, your organization successful without having to step on those around you to get to that next level? Or, you know, uh, get yourself surrounded by your, your personal posse? I suppose. The, the, the you difference is this. Now, here's the difference, I think. The difference is relentless and uh, ruthless is that that the ruthless may have a level of hostility and adversary about it where relentless maybe not maybe it's just very strong being uh, persistent persevering just going after it again and again but there's no hostility in it once you get a hostility into it then it's one of those things that's you know again you or me which one it's always going to be me that may be the distinction right you know, here's the thing about business today is it, it is in a constant state of change. And it cannot be about one person. It cannot be about one, uh, you know, philosophy, but it does have to be about a vision. A vision that is, uh, you know, the vision for the organization, the mission, the purpose. And focusing in on those, those areas is what's going to make you successful. But here's the thing. And we talked about this. 75% of all organizations fail leadership change. They fail, which means they eventually go down the road to bankruptcy or they fail entirely. Now, why is that? Is that could that be in some way related to ruthless leadership about not wanting to really expand your horizons and allow others in? Ruthless people eventually because of the nature of who they are, they'll start out with, if there's a sense of abundance when they start with their business, uh, they'll, they'll share that abundance with, you know, with others to some degree. But once things start to start moving in, caving in, falling apart, uh, the business becomes cannibalistic. Yeah. They'll start eating their own. They, they just will, until finally they, they devour it all. That kind of dynamic eventually, sooner or later, uh, implodes of its own kind of, self-destructive behavior now there may be some organizations that we know that uh, have a lot of resources so that they can keep going on for quite a while but you know the, the body count is really horrible it's just it's just a bad bad thing yeah. but if you have the resources to keep it going you can keep going for a while but eventually you know i gotta i gotta give you an example without mentioning names and, uh, you know, we're not going to mention names or businesses in, in this podcast. We're just, we're just talking about examples and things we've seen. So in, in an interview uh, that I had some, a, a while back, uh, I was interviewing with the senior vice president and um, a COO. And these guys came in to the interview looking like they'd both been road hard and put away wet. They looked rough. I mean, they looked like they hadn't slept. Neither one of them, um, they, they both looked like they'd had a hard time, okay? You know, and they came in and we started talking and in walked uh, this, this individual who I was introduced to, introduced later 
on as the CEO uh, of the organization. Now, this organization had been started with a family started business and been passed on down to the son. There's your first clue. Okay, passed on down to the son. Now, this guy comes in. That, or they're just saying, there's a, there's a red flag, right? In, in, entitlement and a, a very successful organization. Okay. Now, we were in the middle of this interview talking, and this guy walks into the room and, and tells this, this senior vice president, sorry, but you've got to end the interview now. I need to talk to you right this minute. And the guy, uh, he asked, he goes, well, can I wait a few minutes, you know, so we can finish up here? And he says, absolutely not. He says, I want to talk to you right now. And and I think I, I talked to you about this before. And this guy was, he, you know, incredibly entitled, obviously. His his office had a big glass window so everybody could see all the, the accoutrements and, you know, niceness in, in his office. He was dressed really well. And here's his COO and the senior vice president that seriously looked, like I said, wrote hard, put away wet. Yeah. Um, and the look on this guy's face when he said, you know, I'm sorry, I've got to, you know, I, I've got to go. And uh, this other guy can finish finish for you, uh, talking to you, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk again. Was just one of absolute defeat. You know, absolute defeat. And here's the thing, and I got, I got to tell you, one of my first, my first things I look at when I go into a business, all right, about the culture of the organization and how, you know, and this just, just, just kind of proved it for me, honestly. But when you walk into that front lobby of any company, any organization, that's going to give you an instant clue on what the place is going to be like. Um, when I walked in the front lobby, and this is a very successful business, okay? Um, there was there was no receptionist. Someone come down the hall and said, okay, you know, we'll be with you in just a little bit. Um, there were magazines around, but, you know, nothing kind of organized. Um, there was a janitor's cart that was pushed in back behind the receptionist desk, you know, the, the mops and brooms and stuff like that. And in front of the receptionist desk were several boxes from UPS that had just been dropped there and looked like no one had picked them up for a while. Now, so this is my first impression of this company walking into the lobby. And, you know, we walked into a business the other day and we had an interesting, you know, what's this place like? What is it really like? Look around you. Um, that's really an indication of what this organization is about. What's on their walls? What's on their desk? What's on their front? Yeah, area. What reading materials are? How is it? How is it decorated? Is it is it organized? How are you greeted? And I wasn't. There was nobody. But when these this these two guys came into the interview, looking like they did, and the CEO came in and said, "Now, I want you now." And you know, with the glass wall, it didn't look like a super friendly conversation. You know, because it was right there. You could see it. Um, so. Just my my indication. You you can tell. You know, you know, how do the, how do the people look in the company? Are, are they happy? You know what, what's it like? You got to somehow. If you're really tuned in, listen to those instincts. Yeah, there's something wrong. There's something off. There's just something about it when you're going in to interview. Because I'll tell you, the other side of that is. If you don't listen to those instincts, those red flags, I've talked to those people who've been through those grist mills, you might say, right? 
I said, when did you figure out this is probably not a good place for you? Oh, I remembered, you know, shortly after I was hired or I remembered so at this point in time, I remembered a number of times I was saying this is not a good place for me. And yet they kept going. They kept staying there. And yeah. the longer they stayed there, the more they were ground down, worn down, torn down, the longer it went. And they kept lying to themselves. If I could just stay here a little longer, make a little bit more money, just hang in there till it finally something, I find something else like that. But it doesn't happen very often. Usually in the end, they're kicked to the curb and they think, you know, what happened to me? Why did that? And what you want to understand about that in terms of leadership and relationship with employees, I'm going to tell you folks, it takes a while to recover from that. That is not going to go away quickly. It's a, there's a lot of post-traumatic stress disorder in that kind of relationship with that kind of a boss. Mm-hmm. So the sooner you recognize it, the sooner you get out of it, the sooner you stop the damage, the sooner you, you start plugging up those holes that are just draining you and beating you up. That's, yeah. that's the real reality of, of what's going on with this relentless or ruthless leader stuff. It's you know, it's they're just not worth it because when it when you get down to the facts, here's the facts. They don't care about you. That's it. They don't care about you. If anything, if they're if they're on if you are on their radar, it's gonna be, well, what what can I get them to do for me today? And if you're not responding, what you know, kind of like what you're talking about about right now, we're go, we're going. That kind of guy. If you're not on their radar in terms of how they can use you. They're in the other room. They're thinking about, how do I get rid of you? How do I make you look bad? How do I make you feel so discouraged, so awful that you'll leave on your own, that you'll quit? That way I don't have to play any kind of employee insurance and all that kind of stuff. Don't have to do that because they don't care. They never did care. They never will care. It's who they are. So the sooner you see that, get out. You know, and and I got got to jump in here, Michael, because what, what you're saying I want everybody who listening to us or going to listen to this podcast to understand one thing. Both you and I have been job coaches for quite a while. That's another side to, to who we are. As a matter of fact, that's, that's how we met doing that. Um, and both of us have talked with a lot of people that in, you know, from executive positions, you know, all, all the way down, we, I mean, a lot of our focus have been with, you know, professional level, executive level individuals. And we hear this a lot. We hear this a lot. We see people coming in, um, trying to figure out how to get back in the workforce who hung on like that for years, hung on and hung on and hung on, hoping for the best and eventually were, uh, were let go. And they're absolutely defeated absolutely defeated the good thing is is you know we've seen a lot of them turn that around and become very successful again but the thing is we hear this story a lot we hear it you know we see it we see you know and and there's always two sides to every story there really is Mm -hmm. but we see this this defeated instance in a lot of these people we work with so yeah if you make the distinction between the relentless and the ruthless leader and, and fundamentally, I do think I, I'm, I'm right when I say the one has hostility. It, there's a hostility and a, an aggressiveness and an indifference about these people, as opposed to one highly committed, very much in action about it. You, you, and even when they are relentless, 
you still may not be a good fit for them. You may not be that person just, you know, go after the challenge, let's do it, whatever. You may not be that kind of a you know, person in terms of your energy and your capacities. Uh, but those ruthless leaders, so it's not you. Just, I, I mean, I always hear that. Maybe if I did this, maybe if I done that, maybe because I mean, I, I'll tell you what, these ruthless leaders every once in a while will have a pretty good insight about who you are, and what you're doing. They can just really target and say, well, here's what you need to fix. And because of their paranoia and they're freaking paranoids, let's be aware about that. Yeah, uh, they are freaking paranoids uh, because of that condition. They are hypervigilant in their ability to see what's going on, pick out, you know, your weaknesses, your problems, and they can give you some feedback and they'll feel like it's helpful. But the cost, yeah, the cost is high. The cost is high. Human cost is high. Absolutely, turnover cost. Well, they're not looking at it that way because they don't no, care. They don't. No, they, they don't, don't care. But so let me, let me ask you this: Is there hope for uh, ruthless leaders? Is there a way to change that? Is there a way to help them? No. until they become aware of what they're really doing. And it's almost impossible for them to become aware of it because they have almost a complete inability to self-reflect and see what they're doing, how they're affecting other people. I'm telling you, that's just the way it is. Until something happens, and it usually is the kind of thing where what happens to them is it just isn't working anymore. It's, I can't get this, I can't do this that they start going, I'm just, everywhere I go now, there's just pain, 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 pain. They still don't think it's them. But then you get a good therapist working with them and say, well, maybe we need to take a look at some different kinds of tools, start start helping you out to get different results. But very rarely do they actually say, yeah, the problem is over here. They always think it's out there. So you have to deal with them in a different way. But usually it takes a lot of pain before they'll even start looking in that direction. And most of them have a high, high tolerance to pain. So I say get out as soon as you can. Yep. Well, interesting. Very interesting uh, subject. And this was episode two. But there is hope. Leadership insights. There is hope. There's Absolutely. Hope. There is hope. There's good people out there. And there's good jobs out there. Absolutely. You yeah. got a lot of options. If you're a good person, work hard and really care, and you have some, you know, some innate abilities to just be conscientious and diligent and work hard, create relationships, work with other people, love yeah. to learn. Boy, there's lots of opportunity right now because there's so many people just don't want to pick back up and go back to work. There's a lot of great play, play people out there and great places to work. So you look at it that way, there is a lot of hope. Absolutely. Well, how would a coach, how could we help? How could we help that situation? Well, it starts with leaders who really care and who want to be different, who recognize they're not getting, they recognize that their culture, their environment, their work place is not performing to the level that they like. And at some level, they say, hey, you know what? The buck stops here. What is it that I need to do to start making changes? Because if I think it's them, I have no control over them other than to lie to them, manipulate them, deceive them, all that kind of stuff. Hopefully I, I can motivate them, but you're already probably doing what you can to motivate them. So it starts with you. How do you get a different perspective about who you are as a leader and your ability to bring out the best? In other words, make the contribution and then bring out the best in other people through encouragement and gratitude 
inspiration, vision, you know, working on getting to know how to how to to work with your people and getting to know who they are. It's what I meant to say. Until you get that change, you know, it's not going to happen because you are the person. You are the source of all change in your organization. Excellent. You know, I got to say this. Eventually, all of us end up in the same place. We do. Uh, you know, so how are you going to be remembered? How do you want to be remembered? How do you want your legacy uh, to, you know, fulfill itself? So just some good questions to ask yourself, because eventually, it, you know, that's all you have left. So if, if that's something that's important to you, you know, take a deep look inside. Um, once again, thank you for joining us on Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. And if you have any questions for us, comments, go to our website, executiveleadersactilec.com. And once again, thank you. And we'll, uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. All Take right, care. All the best to you. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.